I think for me, a lot of it has to do with the the last job I had before I was working for myself. And the, the, you know, there's a reason why I left that job. There's a reason why I wasn't very employable for six months afterwards. Mm. Mm. Everything about that last job stressed me out. There was no single aspect of it that I was comfortable with all of the time. It's tricky doing this podcast. On one hand, we absolutely are fascinated by these life experiences, tales and adventures that lead us to making life decisions you know David who we're speaking to today had a massively bad experience as, as an employed and that's led on to him creating his own business to help share teach others um, on the other hand we know David's into time travel and that is absolutely blimmin fascinating and we do delve into that a bit into this podcast or he's more into sci-fi but you know time travel Anyway, before we get going, we have a few things. Uh, everyone we speak to is a member of the Digital Circus community. So if you'd like to know more about that, there are links below to get our email series where we talk about building your own ecosystem. But also, if you just want to get our weekly newsletter, feel free to go and sign up for them in the description. And if you're new to our podcast, please do like, subscribe, comment, get involved in the conversation. We'd love to hear from you about your life and your adventures. All right. Thank you so much. Let's get going. Um, David, welcome along to the Digital Circus Life podcast, a fellow podcaster, Emily, we're chatting to today. Um, but as always, we need to start at the blimmin' beginning. And the blimmin' beginning, the blimmin beginning, I can't say that, is what are you trying to achieve, David? Uh, well, firstly, thanks for having me. It's lovely to Absolute be here. Pleasure. Cool. Um, what am I trying to achieve? So I've been listening to some of your past episodes and world domination has already been taken, hasn't it? So I can't say that. Well, you can have it as well if you yeah. want. I think the, the yeah. joyous thing about world domination is there's enough world for all of us. <laughs> well, yeah. I was thinking either that or we go galactic conquest, go bigger. I do, I do like my sci-fi as well. So. You do. So, so then um, because of other... Right, sorry, carry on, carry on. Well, I was just going to say, but serious answer. Um, well, That's as you not know, serious? Well... Mm. I don't like words like conquest and domination as a serious answer. That feels like you're maybe going the wrong side of what I'm trying to achieve. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, as you guys know, I'm all about leadership um, through some interesting past experiences or maybe not interesting scarring at times. <laughs> so yes. some past experiences, let's leave it generalised. Um, having seen the impact that leadership can have for good or bad, that's kind of become my passion now. So I'm all about trying to help, particularly new leaders and new managers, first time first timers in management, apply and learn better leadership skills. And the reason I've gone for the newer ones is because two reasons. One, I feel like they're overlooked when it comes to companies spending training budgets, mm -hmm. at least in terms of leadership skills. It tends to be at that stage of your career, it's more focused on your skills, isn't it? Um, your job specific skills i should say rather than mm. leadership ones so there's there's that aspect and then also i feel like the more experienced leaders can i say that you know yeah. what i mean if i say that without yeah. being ageist um yeah. oh, for anyone listening, listening oh, like funny is. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah that, that sort of person isn't going to listen to me and i don't really want to be trying to work with people who won't listen who yeah. does so yeah no that is true sure. No, and, and I think that's really tricky because one never stops learning. And and, mm. and I, but I do feel you you may get to a, one. I'm being very uh, polite about this. One may get to a stage in your life that you kind of go, I'm going to pick and choose what I uh, want to learn at the moment. So uh, that is very true. No, I, I do think yeah. with 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 the older, more experienced leaders, though, it is that kind of. It, 
from my experience of dealing with people like that is you, you can't teach me anything because I have spent my entire career doing what I think is best and doing my and doing their best but actually it takes a certain type of character to be a leader sometimes and some of those more well, negative traits do come Sorry. out as you get older and I, I look at some of my family members you know we, we as we wow all... you're going straight there <laughs> You're brave, but she knows Not they you. don't listen. I didn't start this. Yeah. It's just that none of them listen. It's <laughs> but fine. But I think the starting from the beginning and starting from the 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 new shiny impact per people, you can you can actually try and mould and sculpt for the better. That's a whole generational shift, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think for me it's about making the workplace better for everyone. I mean, we spend so much of our lives there and leadership can have such a massive impact on that. Mm. And, and so if you can get those skills embedded early in people's career, then hopefully they never have to become those kind of bad managers and horrible leaders that we've all had to work for at some point in our careers. It's yeah. a bit idealistic, but that's yeah, the but overall goal. I think I'm all right with that. And that comes back to your galactic um, conquest mm. goal, mm. and and which we were okay. And we've discussed this with so many of you guys now. And there's quite there's way more than I ever thought there would be who have kind of gone jokingly, world domination, galactic conquest, loads more. I actually put a poll out on LinkedIn recently asking what are you trying to achieve? And the list of people who clicked world domination was impressively long with some fantastic names on it. But talking to people about it and delving past it, a lot of it is exactly what you're talking about. It's about legacy and impact mm. and, and like trying to help. We've discussed recently that help's not always the best word to use, but help as many people as possible and impart those skills and experience and knowledge we have. So you glossed over, this has come from some scarring kind of uh, parts in your oh, past. Oh, we're going, we're going We're there. going straight there. <laughs> so let's go straight back to the very, very beginning. And I'm going to start with, we, we build up to that part. Did you mm. always want to run your own business? How have you got here? Um, and, you know, yeah, take, take, us, take us back. Oh dear, this is going to be a long story. That's you, fine. You might fall asleep before I get to the end of this. No, um, so Okay, so I'll answer the first question first. Did I always want to start my own business? No. Um, in fact, when I did start my own business, it wasn't really the plan at any point. It was just, I don't want to say it was the default. It was, it was not a good time to be job hunting. And at the mm. time, I wasn't in the best mindset to be job hunting, certainly not to be interviewing, as I found out um, after a couple of attempts. And so then it was kind of, well, what, what do I do instead? And reflecting on the recent experience I'd had at the time, I thought, well, maybe I need to put my money where my mouth is. You know, I've, I've been quite, I've taken some quite critical views of some of the experiences I've had. Could I do it any better myself? Um, so why don't I? <laughs> so I set up a company almost on a, on a whim. But having done that, I then had no real idea of what it was going to do. Hence the quite generic name of the legal entity. It has the word consulting in it and the other word comes from the name of a Spitfire engine, which is on the wall behind <laughs> me, which you probably can't see. It was just, yeah, like a failure of inspiration, let's call it. But it's it's kind of grown on me as well. So so that's the, the, the end of the story. To go to the beginning, um, I guess I went through most of my childhood and teenage years intending to join the Air Force. Originally, that was whatever I wanted to do to be a fighter pilot. My eyesight, listeners can't see, I'm wearing glasses if you're not watching the video wasn't going to allow me to do that. So then I went to, well, what's the next best thing? Which is, I think, a different answer for everyone. For me, it was intelligence. 
not because I am particularly intelligent, but just because <laughs> spy stories are cool. Um, and then the time I graduated university was about 2008, so right when the financial crash happened. And unfortunately, for various reasons, the RAF wasn't recruiting in any of the jobs that I was interested in doing at the time. And so I kind of dosed about for a year. I didn't really have much to do. I was temping, I was doing random stuff. This might date me a little bit when I tell you this next bit. One day I just happened to be shown by my girlfriend at the time, now wife, a job advert in a newspaper. A newspaper? A newspaper. Oh, I know. How retro. I know. Did they, do they still exist? Do they still print them? I don't know. I, I don't anyway. know, actually. Well, no, of course they do. Sorry. They're good for lying <laughs> in the laboratory. Yeah. 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 Um, so it was for a very vague job description, an admin role in an aerospace company. Now, having all of the interest in aviation and the Air Force and all that kind of stuff, I was in the, in the Air Cadets as a kid as well. It seemed like a pretty good fit. Wow, an aerospace job, that'd be brilliant. Um, you know, it's, it's not what I intended to do, but it's the next best thing and it's achievable right now. Uh, and turns out it was achievable. I got that job. I spent about 10 years in that company, um, went through various different jobs. It was quite a small company. And so in a small company like that, you end up inevitably, particularly for me, um, being quite attention to detail oriented and project managery, I suppose, in hindsight ended up picking up all the jobs that nobody else in the business wanted to do because most of them were entrepreneurial types or mm. salesy people or aircraft engineers or some variation on one of those themes and nobody wanted to do the stuff in between all of those jobs so the office admin the stationery the quotations the proposal writing the actually doing the admin behind the sales and then delivering what was being sold so i ended up picking up all sorts of things from quality management and ISO 9001, which I don't miss, if I'm honest, through to getting into team leadership. So there was a big opportunity we had towards the end of the company, or at least towards the end of my time with the company, where we bought this massive inventory of aircraft spares. It was like tens of millions of pieces, most of which were like little rivets and nuts and bolts and, and nonsense. And, and in order to deliver that and sell that, we had to hire a team of people because there were only four of us at the time. And so, again, nobody else really wanted to do it. So I ended up being heavily involved in that process. And it was really quite, I don't know, I miss it and I don't. Because on the one hand, it was quite difficult work dealing with some quite difficult customers. Because um, a lot of it was military aircraft spares. And yeah, it wasn't new. It wasn't new stuff. And, and they, for some reason, have some views about whether they want used parts going on their multi-billion pound <laughs> fighter aircraft. I, I don't know why, but anyway. How unreasonable so could, of them. Yeah. yeah, I know. I know. And airlines are even worse sometimes, you know, the whole safety thing. <laughs> anyway, I joke. But it, it was quite an interesting time in a lot of respects because you got to put your your hand in many different pies and understand all sorts of different functions across the business. So that part of it I really enjoyed also really enjoyed the experience of being able to to get involved in hiring and growing a team and leading a team and working with different people across the business and all of that sort of stuff really I guess it kind of reinforced my passion for my interest in leadership and, mm. and management I wasn't very good at it in those days 
I learned, <laughs> learned by doing, I like to think. But As we all do. And that, yeah. yeah, and that, I think, in hindsight, again, really underlined to me this whole new manager experience and how unsupported those people mm. are in those roles. Um, now, I'm sure it was an extreme example and an exception, but nevertheless, a lot of the people I talk to who have been through that experience as well, it's the same stories often come out. You know, I was, I was pushed in at the deep end, I was told to sink or swim. Mm. Um, if I swam, my manager took credit for it. If I mm. sank, it was my fault. You know, that kind of Classic theme comes stuff, out yeah. a lot. Um, and so that's that's kind of how I've crafted what I, I'm trying to do today with leadership training. But, Which I was think... a long answer. No, <laughs> no, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's taken us there. I think one of the things i like about your leadership training that we follow is, is actually uh, uh like a, a love for leadership within it you know and so you not only are you just training people but you're also exploring it and that's what you do in your podcast um oh I, do you know what i had a killer question but, but i've it, forgotten no, it's just an anecdote it's it's exactly what it's that learning by doing right and again not everyone goes through a traditional educational model where they learn to be a leader a lot of it is they, they fall in the deep end, like you said there, or they, they naturally get put in that position because it's the next in the rank that they have to go somewhere. And it for many people, it can be, obviously you're, you're teaching leadership skills, but people aren't natural leaders from the outset. And again, if you're looking at the, going back to this whole generational thing, if they're looking above and they're looking at that, that's their experience in those roles. And the only mm. thing they are ever seeing is bad leadership that's almost like it, it, it trickles it's that trickle effect down to them as well isn't it and it's about again yeah. exactly what you're doing it's cutting that at, at source to say no actually there are other ways of doing this let's really explore this what does make a good leader what are those skill sets that you need to develop and build on and i think it's an amazing thing that you're doing so well done well done david yeah, um, yeah. so i mean you've you know you've hit on a couple sorry, of go on. so i was gonna sorry. say i mean you hit on a couple of i guess pet peeves or myths of leadership in there as well um so i mean f the first one for me is i firmly believe it is a learned skill so yeah. you know people talk about natural born leaders and all of this kind mm. of to me that's nonsense like you nobody's born come you know nobody comes out mm. with instant Hi. leadership skills right <laughs> yeah of course of course they do it's, bear grills, uh, no, you know? I, I, I don't buy it i don't buy it i mean i, I was no, certainly, you're right. certainly a rubbish leader right from the start you know i had to learn it and i think there's a there is a myth there. And I, I think Hollywood has a lot to answer for in this aspect, mm -hmm. you know, the way they present leadership and, and heroes. Uh, I'm using the inverted commas again there. Um, you know, there, there is this kind of misunderstanding about what it is, when really all, all it is, is it's a series of behaviours. It's a, it's a way of dealing with people, um, which you can learn. It's just like any other skill. You know, I mean, the mm -hmm. other one's charisma. I had a big conversation on my podcast about that a few weeks back because again charisma is something that is very often misunderstood and something i've always struggled with um maybe the listeners might agree with that i don't know <laughs> what, i think you're very charismatic oh oh stop. I, w I was glossing over that and going straight <laughs> to so what was the what was the output of the conversation between charisma and leadership or the relationship there's actually a lot of similarities um yeah, I mean that's that's the main similarity I think is the, this misunderstanding of it as a skill versus mm. a a trait or a, a natural part of your personality. 
For the benefit of the listeners, I'm going to actually I'm going to address this right now. Do as, it, Emily, as, as we're it. recording, we can hear David clearly, but there's a slight lag on our video right now. So we are seeing mm. seeing everything happening in slow motion, but the the, the movement of David's hands is happening. Moments of it, which is hilarious because it's making me because you, you just did a big jazz hands type thing and it was at the wrong point and I, it's just it's just made my day. So I'm going to carry on. For those who know me and my love of the tech, I think I've worked out what the problem is, but I don't think we're in a position to change it. So we need to gloss oh. over that and carry on with the conversation. Um, okay. Right, David. One of the things I'm I'm still fascinated about with you, I, I think it's just this love of the kind of geeky things, the 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 air, the the space, and, it, and it's that true love, right? And do you see that as kind of part of what you do or do you try and keep that completely separate? Because I think there are uh, crossovers, definitely. Yeah, I agree, yeah. I, I mean, I'm a firm believer that you can't separate your personality and yourself and your interests from what you do. Um, so no, I don't separate, I don't try to. Um, I don't always push it to the fore either. Um, it, it really depends on on the audience at the time. I find some people just don't get it. <laughs> but you've you've kind of like you mentioned intelligence earlier, and and if we're being brutally honest, that's when the lag started, and we missed that whole section, and we just glossed over it and went, "Oh, that's interesting." And <laughs> so you know, so apologies. For well, we're being honest, right? It caught up pretty quickly, but you said intelligence, and then it went for a nanosecond. All oh, right, okay. So, so I'm, 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 I just can't get this. Like you're running your own business, not can't get this. That's not right. Like I understand the journey, I understand the path, but there's still this running your own business is significantly different mm. to being employed. And I get the circumstance that got there, um, but do you know? Do you not sometimes think actually I would rather be employed, which I don't like asking self-employed people by the way but i'm asking anyway um it's difficult to answer that question uh yes and no um i think for me a lot of it has to do with the the last job i had before i was working for myself and the, the you know there's a reason why i left that job there's a reason why i wasn't very employable for six months afterwards mm. um and that's led me into starting my own company and I think there was also a, a large part of my, maybe not my psyche, but certainly that in the back of my mind that maybe I don't want to work for someone mm. again mm. for a while. But at the same time, sometimes, yes, absolutely. It would be nice to have that financial security. It would be nice to know, you know, there's going to be a consistent paycheck and a consistent amount every month. And I'm not going to have to worry about going out and putting the lipstick on, as it were, as one of my clients says, um, and doing right. that whole sales job. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I think on balance, it's really no contest. I was talking to someone else about this the other day as well. It's everything about that last job stressed me out. There was no single aspect of it that I was comfortable with all of the time. Yeah. Whereas now there's only really one thing that I occasionally have as a source of stress and that's the money side of it. Um, and it's no contest. Like if you're looking, if you put those on the scales, one of them's going to weigh a hell of a lot more than the other one. It, it is a classic. I'm, I'm going to cut in before Emily says what she's about to say. Mm -hmm. It's it's a classic. If you're going to get paid a million pounds to run your business and you're going to get paid a million pounds to be employed in that job, I, I you, you from, well, I would take the run my own business every day of the week, you know. So I Same. don't know the ins and outs of your last job. 
I don't know, unless you want to share them with with our audience, it's completely up to you whether you want to divulge that much information. But what what would now be your non-negotiables in an employed role? Um, flexibility. Mm. The ability or the absence of the expectation that if I get an email at two o'clock in the morning, I'm going to answer it immediately or I'm going to yeah. work a weekend or, you know, that, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, it, it's it's more kind of the soft things that would be very difficult to put into a contract in an employment negotiation. So things like being treated with respect, for example, and mm. having your opinions listened to. And as I say these things, you may be starting to figure out some of the answers to that question about my last job. Sure, sure. <laughs> um, but I think also it's 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 who you're working with as well and who you're working for. Mm-hmm. I think you've got to have a belief in that leadership. I'm bringing that to leadership again because I always do. It's it's a problem I have. You've, you've got <laughs> to be. It's like you're passionate about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mentioned that already, didn't I? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, you've got to believe in that that person's ability to lead you towards a common mm. goal, which you believe is achievable. And I think that was really the crux of the problem in the last last company I worked for. We didn't we didn't really have any of those things in our leadership. Mm. They were quite mm. often absent. When they were present, they usually said or did the wrong thing, whether by intention or some sort of power play or just ignorance or just didn't even think about it, probably all three at times. Mm. Mm. Um, And there was very much, I think, I don't want to talk it down, you know, because there are a lot of really talented and intelligent people in that company as well. And I am proud of a lot of the work we did. but we were we had set ourselves a really difficult and ambitious goal um and for listeners who don't know it was to launch satellites basically it was in the space industry we wanted to own and operate our own earth observation wow. capability now that is really difficult really challenging technically even though we were outsourcing a lot of that mm. but it's also massively expensive mm. it's probably the most expensive thing a company could decide to do in fact wow um and so if you don't have that leadership and you don't have that vision and you don't have a sense of a credible plan to achieve all of these things, then morale disappears really quickly. Absolutely. And once that's gone, productivity will disappear even faster. And then before you know it, you're just in that vicious downward spiral. And I think that's where we got to really, mm. really quickly. And, um, sorry. Go on. No, it, it is challenging, you know, um, something my dad, who I believe does listen. Hi, John. Uh, hi, John. Uh, leave a comment, John, if you're listening. He, he'll, he'll message me later on and go, I didn't know how to do it. Um, <laughs> he, he does. He like, anyway, I won't get on to my dad. Well, should we do an episode on my dad one day? Uh, leave in the comment, would you like me to do an episode on my dad? Anyway, he says, yeah, he, dad's fascinating. John, John Braithway, he's fascinating. Um, so... He always said when I was younger, there's no such thing as bad companies, just kind of bad managers within the companies. And I think it's so true. And I think that's when you're talking about your previous employment, that's mm. ultimately giving you your passion and your certainly your passion and this kind of leadership purpose. It, it, it's not the company per se. It, would, it will only ever be some individuals. And, and in all fairness, when we lead with love, those individuals may you know may not have just had the skills training direction or or whatever you know we're just um it's always a a, a, a learning kind of requirement what was the thing so um but what about so with the business though there's very much an emphasis on helping others 
where's that come from? Because we ask this a lot, where's mm. that come from, the desire to help others? And generally speaking, it, it's... You, that, that is a built-in thing. Yeah, that is a built-in thing. So, you know, that compassion element. So where, where does it come from to want to now help others with it? That's a really good question. I've yes. not ever really thought about that. High five, Emily. Yes. <laughs> um, I guess part of it is just from the way I was brought up. Mm-hmm. I think that combined with some of the experiences in, in with some of those bad managers, but also very early in my career, I was I was a lot more fortunate with my managers and leaders. And I had one in particular who stands out in my mind even today who was just really, really good. I mean, he was like the embodiment of servant leadership. Mm. And that is, I think, where it all comes from for me because to me, leadership isn't... It isn't about the the big Hollywood blockbuster of the hero with the shield who's charging out the front. Uh, much as we love those films, I should say, not not having a go at them by any means. But it, it is more, for me, on the day-to-day, it's about helping people get where they need to go, whether that be in your business or not, you know, shouldn't necessarily matter because as the leader, you know, for me, part of that is about wanting the best for the people you're leading and then helping them to achieve those things. Uh, If you get it right, then that will also align with helping your business achieve those things as well, I should say, for for the cynics in the audience. Do you think then, for a lot of the people who are listening here or who have been interviewed on The Digital Circus Life, are all small business owners or solopreneurs who may not have teams, are there transferable... I know the answer, I just want, want to hear it from you. Are there yeah, transfer- David's the expert, Emily. <laughs> are there transferable skills there and things that you could teach someone about leadership as a party of one? Yeah, definitely. I mean, one caveat, if, if, their, if their solopreneur career involves not dealing with any people ever, then no. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, I think that's probably quite unlikely, if not impossible. Mm-hmm. I think any anyone who has to interface with people, whether it's clients or suppliers or people at a networking event even, leadership skills will help do that better, in my opinion. I'm biased, I know. But... No, I agree. I agree. I was one of the experts to say it. I mean, all of it falls under the personal development banner, doesn't it? Like we should, you know, which comes back to where we started the conversation with uh, people of, and we are generalizing, but people of a certain age may not be wishing to develop personally as much, whether it's because they think they know it all or whether they can't be bothered or they're like, I just want to drink a pina colada on the beach. You know, as always, we never know their motivations behind it unless we ask them. But it, it is that, that personal development is there, then all of these skills are to be always taught, learnt and taken on board. And um, when I was employed, a couple of side side stories, David. So were you employed? Was it happened to be like, I don't know, Carfin Warehouse you worked with, like when you were a geek squad? I've only ever mentioned I think that you one. might have mentioned that. Ten. Yeah. Just a few oh, times. Oh, I like to talk about it. I, I learned Did a lot. Did you know that, David? Did you know he worked with Carfin Warehouse? Yeah, I think he's mentioned <laughs> it a few right. times. Yeah. All right, I, I learned a lot from my time in Carphone Warehouse. A lot of it I'm was great. I'm going to put the squash down. I don't think it's a good idea to have it in my hand for the rest Why? of the I keep 
Oh, okay. Anyway, can I just share my story, my anecdote? Please my do, Alan. Feel free. Go this on. is a safe um, space. Well, no, now it's really rubbish, but I'm going to roll with it anyway. Um, so actually, very similar to you, I, I was quite happy bimbling along, making a lot. I can't actually remember the point of the story. I can only remember part of it now. Um, and and, and um, I had an element of I need to put my money where my mouth is and actually raise up the, uh, the kind of the ranks, so to speak, and, and really enjoyed it and then just got made redundant. So I was like, oh, I've decided to kind of do it because I had some bad managers in there as well. Not as bad as yours sound um and it was a real kind of i got such a crap manager why why blah 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 and it was like no i've got to do something about it my other thought which i don't think we can even touch on leadership without bringing in is scouts which is something else we always talk about um, and one of the things i'm fascinated by scouts sub and since i've got back involved as a scout leader um, is how that leadership, however small, is taught from such a young age. Mm-hmm. Um, and not, not even necessarily taught. It's really just learned and picked up from what's happening around you. And once again, we, we do in uh, scouting, it's all volunteers for those who don't know, we do have a mixed bag of uh, scout leaders and kind of leadership within it. But the bit that fascinates me in scouting is it is taught from such a young age and those individuals who stick in scouting stand out like a beacon when they are then employed and things they do we for you We had that just life. the other day, didn't we? We did, we, we did. We were at the, um, the UK VA conference in Bournemouth. Oh, and yes. We got chatting to someone and someone won a power hour with us as, as our contribution to the raffle. And in that, she's like, and she was really excited to be working with us. And she said, I'd always visualised, I wanted to work with you. And then she did her bit of due diligence and she looked at our LinkedIn's and stuff like that. And then she realised that our common factor was scouting, what she's got in guiding. And she's like, I just knew, I just knew from from a distance that that was, because again, it's those characteristics that you bring to the party, whether it's scouting or the forces or uh, insert any other collective um that they they do put you apart from everybody else and i i value my time as a scout in terms of what i've learned with basic leadership mm. but i also my, my my thing just kind of follow on from what dave was saying a second ago though is in terms of employment of leaders and at what point you're employing and i think it doesn't just come down to who you're employing but it comes down to that company culture piece as well and really kind of getting the right team on board from the start who really do embody the culture of that company so that naturally the leaders that fall into place there are already on the same page as the rest of the team because they have that common goal and that common drive to bring the business forward bring the project forward bring the adventure forward together as a team and that's something so many people get wrong it's not about having the bad leaders but it's the bad employment because they haven't thought about who they're bringing into that team from the start. What's well, if we, if we go back to Geek Squad mentality, sorry, you David. You're Geek Squad again, David. Yeah, well, David, we'll let you speak on your podcast episode in a second. It's fine, it's your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> if, if we go back to Geek Squad, what Geek Squad used to say, we can't teach the personality, but no. we can teach the skills. Um, so when they recruited people, and it was kind of an IT firm, and when they recruited people, they just wanted to make sure you had the personality and some IT skills, because they, they knew they could teach the rest of it right okay 
David, uh, I, I remember my question from earlier. So I know that you dabble in a few things, all in the same world, right? All limited. You know, you've got a linked your leadership mentor, trainer, and podcaster. And mm. one's they're all actually about helping others. Um, but if you could only do one, of the, oh. which one would it be? Oh, that's difficult. One thing for the rest of your life. Whilst What's you're thinking, can I explain my logic? Because I mm. think many people, by the way, I didn't wait for anyone to say yes. Um, <laughs> I think many people who've started their own businesses will reach a juncture where, juncture? Junction. Junction. Junction, where they're still fundamentally on, on the right path, but they're now wearing a few different hats that kind of all link in. And I'm just wondering if you could only choose one. That was where, you know, to in case anyone else is in a similar position. Yeah, I think it's the inevitability of a small business, isn't it? You're always going to have those mm. many hats. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, it's difficult. I, I'd like to say the podcast because I really do enjoy that. But then I have to tie it back to why did I start doing the podcast? And that came out of the leadership thing. And that is what I'm most passionate about. So, yeah, it's a tough one. I'm not sure the podcast would pay the bills is the other aspect. Well, you're not, not, not with an attitude like, like that, it wouldn't. I mean, Joe, Joe Rogan, well, Darchin yeah, Bournemouth well, is doing all right. Yeah, but I imagine he works quite hard at monetizing it, whereas I don't. I'm doing it because I want to put it out there for free for people who want to learn about leadership. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't it's know. very much a conversation we have frequently with our clients as well. It's the the content creators who make money versus the small business owners who are using content to try and make it, it. They're two different things there, but different mentalities, but you can absolutely do both. And what I love about your podcast, whether you're monetizing or not at, at this point, it, yeah, has, yeah. it has that opportunity to impact such a vast amount of people all across the globe, not just in your geocentric location of... That's a, that's a really good point, actually, because quite a lot of people we talk to say world domination, where we started. And at least you're doing something with your podcast that actually could, it has the potential to, you know, reach the world, reach the masses, mm. um, which is basically what we like to talk about a lot. But um, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. I think so. Question then. Let's go back to something else we said. Each of them are bringing you in a million pounds, mentor, trainer, podcaster. Which one you're choosing? Oh, you're really going to push this well, answer. No, I, I'm 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 fascinated and curious. See again, that's not an easy question to answer. Um, there it is. There it is. I'd like to again. I'd like to say the podcast because it's it's reaching as you've suggested the biggest audience and it's the thing i probably enjoy the most if i'm honest mm. however it's not quite the same as having the opportunity to work with people one-to-one -one and really feel like you're making that impact it's true so i don't know again i'm, I'm not answering there we go that's fine fair enough <laughs> that's you fine. reserve that right well alan do you want to yes so that will lead us nicely into our final question which uh if you've been here before you know the answer to um and that is so david you're going back to your younger self you know whether it's an arm around the shoulder or whatever you want to do what are you going to say to your younger self these are really difficult questions, I must say. Yes, they uh, fair are. Play. We like fair people play getting to people to think. Yeah, so I mean, I guess this is kind of similar to the, the time travel question, isn't it? If you could go back in time, would you do mm. anything differently kind of thing? 
Um, and I think with, with questions like this, I'm always of two minds because on the one hand, who wouldn't honestly go back and, and change something and say something different or give themselves that bit of cheeky advice about what's coming next week and you should be ready for it. But at the same time, if you did do that, you wouldn't necessarily end up in the same place in the end because you've changed something. So I don't know. True. I don't know. I think two bits of advice I might give my younger, my younger self is one, be better at being patient. I've always been impatient by nature. It's something I got from my dad and it, it has got me into trouble on occasion. So there's that general statement. And I think the other thing is, and this is the really difficult one because it's it's about knowing your value and knowing when to walk away from a situation that isn't right for you. But the problem with that is I only know that because I didn't do that. So yeah. if I go back and tell myself, don't do that, I've, I've lost the letter. It's, it's a paradox is what it is. Oh, do you know what? <laughs> Just, I, I have to bring don't, back. Don't bring it up, I have Emily. to, because we, we, we briefly mentioned this a few episodes back as well, which may not be in this particular order. So you may not have heard this story if you're listening, listeners. But we finished watching bodies on netflix recently have it has anyone have, have you watched it david it's it's on my watch list we've not got to it yet it hurts no my brain no, okay but <laughs> don't say anything no, emily always does briefly, spoilers oh i have to be briefly don't. without giving any spoilers it's about time travel and i'd promised myself back from the days of back to the future that i was never going to deal with another time travel type related tv program series film ever again because my, my, my tiny little brain cannot I'm, I'm quite an intelligent person whatever but, no you are i know um and modest um and then I watched Bodies and it was exactly that type of thing. It's the loop of things of happening. And if you don't do that then and you go back and do that, that's going to happen. Right. And, oh, my God. So I've got, <gasps> I've, I've got a thought process. What if, right, what if you could go... So I, I've always thought about this and I have, to, I have said my answer, but I'm saving it for my episode. But mm. what if you could go back and do something that would only affect tomorrow? So I know tomorrow's not come yet and I get all that right. And I also, I'm on board with, I'm quite happy with who I am. Do I, would I want to mess with my today? So what if I could mess with my tomorrow or change my tomorrow? You know, I don't know, as a, as a random one. That's far too deep and complex for a Wednesday afternoon. Yeah. I mean, could you go back and affect your tomorrow by speaking to your younger self (laughs) um, without your today being input uh, affected in any way? No, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, don't you already have the ability to affect your tomorrow? Do you, oh. do you have to travel for that? I mean... <laughs> yes, David, of course we have the ability to... Depends if you think you've got on a predetermined path Sorry. or not. But that's a whole different conversation for a whole different <laughs> right. episode, Adam. Let's, let's, uh, let's just draw a line under this because we're... we're <laughs> Listen, the... I can't wait to interview Adam Braithwaite in a few weeks' time. I think that's going to be a hold on to your hats. So let's go really deep with conversations Well, it like depends that. what questions I'm at. Oh, you ask yeah. me the same questions. Mm. Right. Look, it's David. good, though. I, I love time travel stuff. It's amazing. Do you? Do you yeah, really? I, I watch as much of it as I can get. Well, you can watch enough for me because I can't watch any more ever again. <laughs> I know. I, I know. probably already have. Um, right. Final, final question, even though we've asked you the final question. What's your top time travel film then, David? Ooh. Ooh. It's, it's got to be the classic, hasn't it? It's Back to the Future. Oh, Back to the Future. It has to be. Duh. Well, I, I still try and work that one out in my head, actually. Oh. But, um, you know. Probably no, Back to the Future 2, if, if you're really forcing me to pick one film. Is that Back to the Future yeah. when they go to the future? Yeah. Uh, is is Back to the Future 2 well, on the very and short... And they did the past. Yeah, well, they... they yeah. Oh, f- 
They're all on over that note. Well, no, hold on. Is back, oh, no. Final, 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 final thought. Is Back to the Future 2 on the very short list of films where the sequel was better than the first one? Yes. Like Home Alone 2, Terminator 2. Mm. Home Alone 2 was not better than Home Alone 1. FYI. Lost in New York is better than Home Alone 1. Right. Wrong. Um, David, thank you so, so much for your time to come on the D- Digital Circus Life podcast. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you. And thank you for listening, everyone. See you all later. Oh.